This will be fun. Because um, <laughs> I was busy making my wedding sign this morning. Um, but anyway, last week we talked about hungering, thirsting for righteousness, which means those who crave to do the will of God um, and live obedient to him will be satisfied. And our hearts were created to know God and to walk in fellowship with him. And so that's why anytime we taste or we try to get our satisfaction from anything else, it's literally never going to satisfy us. We'll always be empty because our hearts were literally created to know God and to be with him. Um, so we're still walking through the Beatitudes uh, because we're just taking our sweet time. Um, so you guys can open up with me to uh, Matthew 5. Matthew 5. Um, and we say this every week, but just to kind of refresh, the Beatitudes are the characteristics of someone who follows Jesus. Um, so Jesus is preaching this message to the people, and he's saying that people that follow him, that give their life to him, this is what their life should be marked by. And Every single one of these builds upon the other. So you can't have one unless you have the ones before it. Um, so poor in spirit is like the foundation of someone who is in the kingdom of God. It's the foundation for the rest of the Sermon on the Mount. It's the foundation for the Beatitudes. Um, so being poor in spirit means what? Just blurt it out. Yes, yeah, so that's the foundation of being a Christian is just to know that you're spiritually bankrupt. Um, So the foundation of everything is someone who knows that they are a sinner. Um, And then they grieve over their sin. So blessed are those who mourn. So you grieve over your sin um, because you'll be comforted. Um, Blessed are the meek, and we talked about that a few weeks ago. And then blessed are those who crave the things of God. Um, And so today we're moving on to the next beatitude, um, which we find in Matthew 5, 7. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Um, So based on how the beatitudes are structured, we know that mercy must flow out of these other beatitudes, right? Um, because they all build upon one another. Um, so what is mercy? How would you guys define mercy? Yeah, forgiveness. Yeah. Yeah, what else is mercy? What comes to your mind? Action. Did you write down the definition? Nice. That's awesome. Yeah, compassion driven action. I love that. Yeah, so mercy is a loving response prompted by the misery or helplessness of another person. So you look upon someone else and maybe they like misery or helplessness. They could like have sinned against you, they could be going through a really tough time. Um, they could just be someone that like, you know, struggles or someone or just a person because we all go through hard things and we all um, could use some mercy. Um, did you just spill your cereal? Oh, okay. That would have been so sad if that was your simple joy and then you spilled it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so it is love and kindness and grace directed to- towards someone who is not in a good place, who is struggling, who is guilty of sin or maybe has been sinned against. Um, so it's anyone it's like Elise said it's forgiveness and then it's like what Riley said it's um compassion what is it compassion driven action I love that um so what does it look like to be merciful um so we have to start with the root of a merciful heart um in order to get to the root of a merciful heart we have to go back to the beginning of the Beatitudes which is being poor in spirit um so mercy 
in order to give mercy, you first have to taste mercy. You have to experience mercy. Um, you have to know what it is so that you can give it away. Um, so the one who is merciful is aware of their spiritual brokenness. So they're poor in spirit um, and they grieve over their sin and they are meek and they give mercy because they've, they have been shown mercy by God. And they see the depth of their sin and they give the mercy and the grace that has been shown to them by God through Jesus. Um, and they pour that mercy out onto others. It's just like a waterfall. It's like you're being poured out mercy onto and you know you don't deserve it. And it's so overwhelming that you just have to pour it out onto others. Um, so we gain the ability to receive mercy when you're aware that all that you have and all that you owe is to God. And it's all because of mercy. Um, so this mercy changes the way that we the, th- the way that we think, the way that we interact with people, the way we think about ourselves, the way that we um, like the way we forgive others. Um, it changes everything. Um, so who do we show mercy to? Um, so yeah, what do you guys think of that question? Who do you, who do we have the opportunity to show mercy to? Our kids. Our kids. Yeah. Why does, why does little Luke need mercy? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, he needs to experience mercy that he can grow up and also give it <laughs> to yeah. people. Yeah. Yeah, who else do we show, like, have the opportunity to show mercy to? An old friend. Yeah, an mm-hmm. old friend. So someone that's maybe not in your life anymore. Yeah. Yeah, that's always hard. Should reprimand could, me. <laughs> you could, like, you know, discipline severely. Yeah. And instead, you show them kindness. Hmm. Yeah. It's like anybody who sins against you, students in your classroom that are not acting well. Yeah. Like, you know. Someone that you have some sort of quote unquote power over that you. And it's a fake power. It's a fake power. power. Yeah. It's not a real power. But instead of, like, shunning them, giving the silent giving them the silent treatment or like saying something hurtful or even like physically reprimanding them you give them grace yeah yeah I also think of like those that um those who like are walking through a season of grief or pain like being able to have mercy on them by just being with them supporting them um doing like letting your compassion your mercy lead you to do something about it yeah and then those who have hurt and wronged us, that's like the hardest person to show mercy to is someone who's deeply hurt you um, or someone who's hurt someone that you love. Um, I know for me, I the people in my life that I'm very close to, that I care a lot about, when someone hurts them, it is so hard for me to show mercy to that person that hurt them. I want to go like burn down their house or something, but I can't, <laughs> but I can't and I shouldn't and I need to show mercy because the mercy of God is unending, so therefore my mercy shown to other people can never have a like a point that it ends. Um, 
So mercy lived out looks like forgiving others. Um, it looks like seeing, seeing the best in others and thinking the best of others. So being merciful in your thoughts, which really like stood out to me because I was like, huh, usually I think of mercy as like an outward expression um, with my words or with my actions or, but it's actually, it starts in your, in your brain. It's about choosing to think the best about others. Um, and then this one's interesting because I kind of laughed when I, like when I read it in my commentary, but it said not expecting too much from others. So kind of not expecting them to do much for you or not expecting them to like exceed at everything. Not like saying like they're, you're, you're thinking they're going to fail, but not being disappointed when they do fail you because you didn't really expect much from them in the first place. Does that make sense? It was hard to word that in a way that <laughs> made sense and didn't sound harsh, but just kind of allowing people to disappoint you and being okay with it. Um, caring for others and practically helping and serving others. Those are all ways that we show mercy. Um, and we are called to be compassionate and gentle towards those who are helpless and miserable and lost um, and through a rough time, because that's the heart of Jesus, right? That's the heart of our Savior, that he drew near to those that were sinners. He drew near to those that were hurting and grieving. Um, he himself grieved, and so he needed people to draw near to him as well. Um, in Matthew 9, 10 through 13, let's go ahead and turn there real fast, just a few pages over. Um, Matthew 9, 10 through 13. Um, who could read that for us real fast? I can do it. Thank you, Elise. So it's, it's an act of mercy that Jesus is sitting in the presence of sinners and eating with them, right? Because he's God in the flesh, and he takes his time to go sit with sinners and people that were outcasts in the town. Um, and he says something really profound. He says that he desires mercy, not sacrifice. So he would rather have... He would rather have you have a heart of mercy, so quick to show compassion, quick to show forgiveness, a soft heart that realizes that everything, like that you you owe everything to God, um, that His mercy is what changes. That's what changed your life. He desires you to have a heart like that rather than one that's just filled of empty religious deeds that make you feel better about yourself. Um, so, what do you guys think is the opposite of mercy based on this passage? The opposite of mercy is definitely punishment because mercy, it's not really, a, there's no punishment there. But punishment is something that is like usually one thing leads to the next. Yeah. Yeah, what, what else do you guys see Jesus say here um, about the opposite of what he thinks mercy is? Maybe the opposite is a bad word. Um, but he says, 
He just says, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. And sacrifice is just pointing to empty religion, right? So sacrifices that, like, are just meant to kind of, like, show off and, like, you know, pay back what has been wrong, kind of like a punishment. Like, now I have to pay back what has, like, what I've done wrong rather than just uh, receiving mercy. Um, And the Pharisees, which are the people that um, asked Jesus, why are you eating with sinners? They were the like the kings of empty religion, right? They did everything from a heart um, that just wanted to be self-righteous and they just wanted um, to prove that they were good before God and prove to others that they were good people. But at the heart of who they were, they didn't actually know who God was and they didn't know who Jesus was. Um, So in the passage that we read here, the opposite of mercy is just empty religion because when you truly know Jesus and your heart is filled with his mercy, um, then you're like everything you do will be compelled by that. Um, so a heart that's filled with self-righteousness and works-based salvation will never be, be able to show mercy to others because you've never experienced mercy yourself. Um, so if your heart is just filled of things that are, I'm going to do this to prove myself. I'm going to do this to um, look really good in front of all these people. When it comes time to show mercy to someone, you won't be able to do it um, because you've never even experience the mercy of God yourself. Um, So this is really interesting because um, if you ever notice that you have a hard time forgiving others or you hold grudges um, or you're really bitter, you might need to take a step back and think, when's the last time I realized like what Jesus did for me and the amazing grace that I've received? Um, Because if we're not aware of that, if we're not constantly reminding ourselves of it, there's no way, there's no way we're going to be able to forgive someone or show mercy to someone in need um, because... um, our heart doesn't know it. We haven't tasted it ourselves. Um, so we learn to be merciful as we grow in awareness of how much mercy we need. Um, we're in constant need of mercy from God. Like every single day we sin, right? And every single day we need mercy and every single day we need forgiveness. Um, it'll become part of your nature if every single day you're just tasting the grace of God and you're asking for his forgiveness and you're receiving it. Um, Ephesians 4.32 says that we forgive because he has first forgiven us. Um, So the only reason that we're able to forgive those who have wronged us or to show mercy on those around us is if we know how much we have been forgiven. Um, Someone said this to me once, and it just completely changed my life. But um, they said, no one has sinned against you greater than you have sinned against God. So no one, no matter what they've done to you, no matter what they've done to someone in your family or a friend of yours, no one has ever sinned greater than how you have sinned against God. And yet God forgave you. So therefore, we have the calling to forgive others no matter what. Um, no matter what they did, what they said, um, no matter their heart in the, in the matter. Because um, God forgives everything. Um, so yeah, just totally changed the way. It kind of humbles you a little bit. You're like, oh, <laughs> um, God is amazing and I am so small. Um, So the second part of this beatitude tells us that the merciful will receive mercy. Uh, So this, so this, if we interpreted this legalistically, if we say, um, okay, well, it says here that if I don't show mercy, God won't show mercy to me. Um, Do you guys think this is the correct way to interpret this verse? That unless you show mercy to others, God will not show mercy to you? No. No. Why? Because that's not how God works. <laughs> yeah, because that's not what the whole of Scripture says. No. Yeah, yeah. So we can't interpret it legalistically. There's something deeper that Jesus means here. Um, we can flip back to Matthew five. Um, well, actually, I'm going to make you flip again, so don't flip back there. Um, Matthew eighteen twenty one through thirty five. Um, I love this parable so much. I I spent a lot of time in it this week, just thinking about it. 
it's so good. I, I recommend just like reading the same passage every single day and just thinking about it. Um, just like really get into your heart. Um, but yeah, the, the meaning of this beatitude is not, okay, prove that you can show mercy to others and then God will be merciful to you. That's not what it it's not what it means. Um, it's so much deeper like, than that, like I said before. So this is a parable, so it's an illustration um, Jesus used to teach a point, um, to help people remember. Um, it's like a teaching strategy. Like you teachers in here, you use different strategies and things to get your kids to learn. That's what Jesus is doing here. So Jesus is painting a picture of a bigger picture um, to tell us more about the mercy of God and to show us our call in showing mercy. Um, so this is such a powerful story. So Matthew eighteen twenty one. 35. I'm not even there yet. All right. Um, does anyone want to read the whole thing? All right, go for it. 21. Uh, yeah, 21 through 35. Okay. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times. Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a 100 silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, Be patient with me, and I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. Hmm. So good. Um, so again, like Jesus is just telling this story because his disciples come to him and they ask him, should I forgive someone that's wronged me? Like, what if they wronged me 70 times? And Jesus is like, doesn't matter. Forgive them anyway. Um, and so we all know that Jesus doesn't actually mean you can only forgive 77 times. Like, and after 77 times, you're, like, you're done. You can kick them out. Um, he's saying there's no limit to forgiveness. You forgive and you forgive and you forgive because that's what I do. Um, so there's no limit to forgiveness. Um, so um, one thing, and I'm sure some of you guys, like, already know, um, like kind of like the meaning of this parable and like what all the like the money means but um, 10,000 talents that one talent is one year's worth of wages so the fact that the servant of the king who like was so much more powerful than he was like the king and the servant different levels the servant owed the king 10,000 years of money I don't even know what he was doing like <laughs> Uh, like, what do you buy with 10,000 years of money? Um, so he owed him 10,000 years of money, which is like a crazy amount. Like, there's no way that you can even start paying that off. And the king, who is higher of power, um, that could have just cast the servant out, put him to death, said, you're in jail for the rest of your life. I'm taking everything that you have. Your life is over. He has grace on him. And he's like, I will forgive everything. So he forgave him of um, 10,000 years of money, which is so crazy. Um, and then the servant goes out and he gets mad at someone that owes him money who owns, owes him, um, how much does he owe him? Is it a hundred silver coins? Yeah. 
which is nine, nine days of work. So this person owes him nine days of work. He's been forgiven of 10,000 years of work, and he goes and is very mean and harsh with someone that owes him just like a little over a week's worth of work. Um, so what happened to the servant because of this when the king found out? What do you guys see? <clears throat> Big trouble. Big trouble. Yeah, the king is not happy, right? Why isn't the king happy? Happy. Because he forgave so much more than this guy was even willing. Yes. Think about yeah. Yeah. He was like, whoa, I just forgave you of everything, and you can't even forgive this person? Yeah. One thing that I didn't really notice until I started reading this passage this week and thinking about it more is that the fellow servants saw what had taken place and they were greatly distressed. So the servants around, the other servants saw and they were greatly distressed too. Um, So I think about like how this plays into our life and like having people watch us and like see our life and, and know like whether they're Christian or not Christian, they know that everything's based on forgiveness. Right. And then if we can't forgive someone, what does that look like to the outsiders where they're like, oh, does it, you know, like every, like everything we do, it affects the people around us too. Um, so yeah, the king is not happy and the people are not happy. Um, and the servant is basically being a big old hypocrite. Um, and so how does this par- parable help us understand what Jesus means when he says, blessed are the merciful for they shall receive mercy. How does, how does this other teaching of Jesus help us interpret that beatitude? So, like, we talk about how Scripture interprets Scripture a lot. So this is another teaching of Jesus where he talks about mercy. Um, so how does this teaching about, of, that Jesus is making here, how does it help us interpret the beatitude that we just read? The, those who bless are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. king still showed him mercy at at first yeah yeah we're still shown mercy from god and he doesn't cut off mercy whenever we are not merciful to someone else but our relationship with god does change um i mean god's not going to be keep pouring he's not going to keep pouring out mercy onto you if you refuse to pour it out onto others um i think of that passage i it just popped into my mind it's not in my notes but there's a passage where it says that um a husband who is harsh with his wife, God will not hear his prayers. So, like, there is a, a, a point where, like, God won't have mer- as much mercy on you if you're not pouring out mercy onto others. Um, but yet, he's still having mercy on you because you're living another day, and you're probably, like, you could still be saved. Like, if you're a believer, you're still saved. Um, he still blesses you. But there are things where the Lord is just like, no, show mercy to others, um, and I will be merciful towards you. Um, So, yeah, that's kind of um, this passage. It just shows us um, that, like, the king gives mercy. And then we, as the servants, the small servants that don't deserve anything, 
are called to also serve one another and give out mercy in whatever way that looks like. Um, but as I was reading this week and studying, I was thinking about, like, sometimes mercy always isn't easy, right? It, it's not always black and white. It's not like, oh, this person hurt me deeply. Mercy right away. What about justice? What about, um, like, if someone does something criminal, like, is a criminal, do we not punish them because we're Christians and we always give mercy? Um, so we are confronted with the question of, like, does everyone get forgiveness? Does everyone get mercy, even if they've done something terribly, awfully wrong that deserves a punishment? Um, so what do you guys think? How can we be merciful and seek justice at the same time? I feel like forgiveness and punishment are two different things. Mm-hmm. Because, like, when you think about it with kids, like, yes, I forgive you, but you still have to be recommended for what you did. And, like, God does that with our sins, too. Like, yes, he forgets it, but there's still, like, Jesus sin is death. Like, there's mm-hmm. still punishment for it, even though he's forgiving you. Yeah. So, I, like, I feel like it's two separate things. Yeah. Yeah, there's always consequences. You can be shown mercy and still receive consequences. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Any other thoughts? How can we be merciful and seek justice at the same time? sometimes a merciful heart towards someone who has done something wrong can lead them to seek justice within themselves. Does that make sense? Mm. Like, so if I have done something terrible to you, right? I don't think I ever have, right? Um, If I have done something terrible (laughs) to you, right, and you are just continually patient and continually loving and, Mm. you know, you help us move and you watch Luke, like, you're just loving is going through some rough time but like I'm just going to show her mercy even though I know right eventually I'm going to be like nobody else is talking to me yeah. nobody else isn't being nice to me and this Riley girl is like helping me and loving me like what is this and I'll eventually get it and it will take probably a long time mm-hmm. and maybe that's, that's really not a worldly way to go about it at all but mm-hmm. eventually if I like I would notice like okay like I did something eventually I'd be like okay Riley like I'm really sorry about yeah. this thing that started and like using you for all these many years after like mm. and maybe that's not a good way to think about it but no I think it I think it is I mean you can also seek kind justice right it doesn't have to be brutal justice mm. or harsh justice right? yeah like Luke right now is he loves to be active and so he's learning what his body can do, and he just he just loves it. And so he kicks stuff and throws stuff, not to be mean, but like, look what I can do, Mom! <laughs> throws Hot Wheels across the room, and I'm like, oh my goodness. But, right, so the terrible thing to do would be to yell at him and scream at him and be so mad. And, look mm-hmm. what are you doing? And you can't do that. Yeah. It just doesn't work. So I, like, take the cars away. I'm like, Luke, we're not going to play the cars right now. You're throwing them. You know, that's not okay. And then he throws fit. He's real sad. And then he kind of gets it. And then he goes, you know, instead of one hour without throwing cars, it's two hours without throwing cars. Oh. We made some progress, right? <laughs> so there's like there's a kindness there, but there's also like you said, there's the the mm. discipline or the reprimand thing. Yeah. But it, it's not like mean. Like I don't ever like look. You can't be throwing your cars. This is terrible. Like you know, like and you yell yeah. at him like that. Melt a little kid, and so you give them mm. the discipline that they need, but in a loving way, yeah. kind way. And so, mm-hmm. like, 
um, I don't know, I've seen it a lot recently. People talk about brutal honesty mm. or whatever. Where Where is your compassionate honesty? Where is your kind honesty? And it's the same thing with justice, right? You can have fair justice. The punishment can make sense. It can be a, a real thing that matches the action that they did incorrectly. But it can be kind. Mm. You can present it in a kind way. You can give them another chance. You can try again. Mm. So it doesn't always have to be polar opposites with right. harsh justice and Right, right, because God is never one or the other. Somehow he's perfectly just and all merciful and gracious, yet wrathful at, like, the same time. Like, and he does it perfectly, and we do it not perfectly, but we can still try to do it in our life. Yeah, yeah. I think that's, it's such a hard question to think about, especially since every situation is different. Like, any... Uh, sorry. Um, anytime, like, I, I don't know, I think about, like, my friends that have um, been, like, like hurt by, like, I don't know, like, they experienced some sort of trauma in their childhood. And I think about that, and I think about this, like, when I tell them, when I teach on, like, oh, just be merciful, just forgive. Okay, like, when you think about that, that's, like, so much harder when you're, like, how do I forgive that? Um, and how do I seek justice and draw boundaries and all that? And every situation is so different. Um, so in that case, we'll just start with the first mm-hmm. Right? So if you're dealing with this crazy, awful sin against you, like mm-hmm. somebody sinned against you, whether it was like a childhood trauma, like, it, like something that's not a big thing, it's something, or it's something that is a big thing, it's something you don't tell everybody, it's like a really, really heavy thing that you carry around quietly, like one of those mm-hmm. huge things, right? Yeah. If you are going to show someone mercy for that, you have to start back at the first one. You have mm. to realize that you don't deserve any mercy. Yeah. Right? You are bankrupt without the way. And it's not an easy process, right? There are things that I carry around that I'm like, this is never getting off my plate. This is so, like, yeah. It, but you have to start, you have to start over with that every single day, right? I am not, I'm not good enough for what the Lord gives me, what gives me the right to withhold that from someone else. Mm. Yeah, you have and to, like, completely empty yourself. And you have to completely turn everything you know upside down. Because mm. the world would not have you believe that. Cut them out of your life. Ship them off to Timbuktu. Like, mm. don't include them as part of that. Don't forgive them. Don't, you know, I'm not saying that if you've been hurt by someone that you need to include them as an active part of your life. That's borderline unhealthy. But in order for you to not be holding a grudge for the rest of your life against someone you might not even talk to you anymore. Mm-hmm. Even though their actions may still affect the way that you live, you have to let the Lord take it. And I, I, I don't say you have to let it go because it's always going to be there. Mm-hmm. You have to let the Lord take it from you. Mm-hmm. You, know, you have to willingly give it up. To you. Yeah. And then work on that softening of your heart so that you can get to mercy, so that you can mm-hmm. get to a place where you can say, know what I'm gonna get over this. Yeah. You know what? I I forgive you for it. Even if you never talk to them ever again, you have forgiven them. And your relationship with the Lord is peaceful in that situation. Hmm. That's good. Mercy in those cases it's so hard. And it takes so many years yeah. to figure it out. Yeah, it's not a quick thing. Yeah, it's not a one time thing, it's a decision every single day. Yeah. And it's so many people think like, Oh, I'm not a great Christian because I have this grudge or like I could mm-hmm. never be a Christian because blah, 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 blah. All these yeah. things that have happened to me, I'm never letting that go. Like, it's not a quick decision. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, a, 
is a lifelong. Right. Yeah, and the Holy Spirit is constantly doing work on us. So if you are, like, following the Lord and just because, like, you're really struggling with, like, forgiving someone, like, the Spirit is, like, helping you, like, every day, teaching you and softening your heart and helping you understand your spiritual depravity and giving you the strength to forgive someone. And like you said, it takes years. It takes time. And you have to be willing to soften enough. Yeah. And Amber, I like what you said about it being a choice because mm-hmm. you don't always feel like forgiving. Yeah. So kind of going off of that, what does it look like to show mercy towards those in your life, especially those who have hurt you? Praying for them. Yeah. It's huge. Yeah. Praying for them. Changing your attitude about them. Hmm. Like make them nice a little bit. Yeah. You don't always have to go up to them and be like, Oh my gosh, Riley, you're so wonderful. Like your best friends. I'm so excited. That makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> I know that's an exaggeration. Yeah. You don't always have to be thrilled to see them and so excited that yeah. they're so part of your life. You don't have to put on a face. Yeah. But yeah. I mean you have to do the work, right? You have to pray for them and you have to change your attitude about them. And you have to consistently say, Lord, help me to see what you see in her. Help me to see what you see in him. Help me to see hmm. the good things that you have blessed their life with. And yeah. Like Mm-hmm. But, like, one thing that's always humbled me is, like you said, like, seeing them through God's perspective. It's, like, God loved them just as much as they loved me. Yes. Like, we are both equally loved the same. Hmm. Yeah, that, that definitely yeah. humbles you. Because in your mind, sometimes you're, like, or at least in my mind, I'm, like, he definitely loves me more than that person <laughs> over yeah, there. I've done X, Y, and Z. And yeah. It's also, like, oh, I've also done, like, these things, but yet God still loves us the exact same. Yeah. And you're, like, valued in children huh that's good also be in a place where you can see your sin Mm -hmm. so when you can see what you're doing wrong and you can see your sin you say oh this exists in me too yeah yeah like it's obvious you know Mm -hmm. that is one of the greatest things about being married is that you always have someone to look at you and say Okay, this is not okay. Like, this is what you're doing. Like, and it's not, it's, it's not a hard It already thing. happens. <laughs> it's a loving way, right? Yeah. Because you know that, like, they love you so much and they're, you know, they're not going to just bolt the next day or they're not going to ghost you and stop talking to you. They literally sleep in the same room as you, so they have to talk to you. Mm. So they'll look at you and be like, Andrew, you're being really selfish right now. Or whatever. And you're, and you're complaining about something and they're like, you don't need to do that all the time, right? Like, no, I don't. And say, well, what about these 27 things that you've done in the past week? And you're like, oh. Oh, yeah. Or, like, even just, like, having that in friendships, too. Because, like, even being in Christian community and, like, having someone that is close enough to you to be like, hey, um, you're being kind of, like, you know, prideful in this area. Like, that is so beneficial. And if your heart is soft, you'll receive it well. But, yeah. And then you realize, wow. How much mercy is the Lord having to use on me right now? Yeah. Like, how much should I be using with other people? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, this is also a personal question, and no one has to answer it, but I figured I'd ask it. Has anyone here ever forgiven someone who has hurt them, and how did you do it? Does anyone have a testimony of forgiveness? You guys are laughing. <laughs> I 
sometimes. Really? Like within your friendship? Yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah, a few times. Okay. How do you guys do it? Well, <laughs> whenever it happened, I would like, we would just stop talking, and then I would like block her on every social media, but then there'd be like one thing, and she'd like figure out how to like send me like, like an apology paragraph, so then I'd be like, okay, and then we would be friends again, uh-huh. and then something would happen again, and then, and then she wrote a note, and, <laughs> and came to my house, and then blocked it to But we've changed, like, a lot. Yeah, I'm going to say, I can't even picture you guys really doing that right now. It was, it was bad. Yeah, it was really bad. <laughs> the whole changed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and now you guys, like, I don't know, since you both are, like, walking with the Lord, you get to, like, I don't know, walk together as friends in that way, too. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, any any other thoughts? Have you ever forgiven someone who has hurt you? And how did you do it? I think um, for me, um, it's just a lot of prayer, for sure, and time and um, journaling. I know that sounds cliche, but I journal all the time. Um, and I remember I, I forgave this person long before they asked for my forgiveness, um, and the thing is, sometimes people don't even ask for your, your forgiveness, but in this case, they did, and um, in that moment, I was just, like, ready to forgive. I was like, yep, you're, I forgave you already. Like, it's done. So, yeah, prayer. Prayer can soften your very hard heart. <laughs> it's very powerful. Um, so, on the flip side, showing mercy is not just always, like, forgiving those who have forgiven you. It's showing mercy on those who are suffering or grieving. Um, so, what does it look like for us to show mercy in our life to those maybe suffering or going through a hard time or um, or grieving what's like the best way to help them and show mercy showing up yeah showing up being consistent yeah that's good like you watched Luke this week I'm, I'm sure David gave you like five minutes notice yeah and, but that's okay and it was like you were, we got there to drop Luke so I'll just tell the story Dave and I went for a run, and for some reason, the past couple of weeks, I just felt so overwhelmed. And I'm, like, trying to be like, no, you don't need to complain about it. Like, you're fine. Everything's okay. You can do this. The Lord will, you know, it'll be okay. And so I'm, like, like simmering right below the level of, like, explosion. And we were, like, on this run, and I, like, almost melted in tears because I really wanted to run well, and I was just not doing well at all. And we got home, and Dave was like, let's just go out for dinner. I was like, okay, sounds good. So I started getting Luke ready and me ready and David ready. We were talking about, like, where are we going to go? Where can Luke eat? And David was like, well, we're going to drop Luke off at Riley's. And I literally started crying. Because <laughs> some, like, overwhelmed part of me just, like, busted open. It was, like, so relieved. <laughs> I was like, oh, my gosh. And then we got to Riley's to drop Luke off. And she has people over. And they're, like, hanging out and having a good time. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. We just ruined her entire, like, No, you made the night. Out. Luke was part of the party. <laughs> but, like, David gave you two seconds notice. Because he looked at me and was like, my wife needs a break. And she won't ask for it because she wants to be a very, like, she just wants mm. to be a great wife. And and then he texted you, and you were like, absolutely, I would be so excited to help. And I was just so, like, you had no idea I was going through a rough time, like, the past couple of weeks. But you were, you just, like, yes, absolutely. And you didn't bat an eye when you had guests over. And you didn't, like, it didn't phase you at all. Like, it didn't, for us, like, it was just... 
Aww. And being merciful when we have no idea what someone is going through. Like, okay, let me tell you the past couple weeks I've had, because I'm going to start crying right away. Um, we lost baby in April. Due date is November. And a couple weeks ago, I opened up our Amazon um, account to get something. And my, like, baby registry that I made a long time ago for this baby that we aren't going to have was like, congratulations, you're at 32 weeks. And I was like, <laughs> I just started crying. I was like, this baby would have a name. This baby would have a crib, a space in our home. We would be, like figuring out where Luke would go. And so the past couple of weeks, I've just been so burdened by that and overwhelmed on top of everything else that I want to be doing. And like in a moment, David was like, Brian's going to help us out. Hmm. <sighs> like, I know you say like, it was a wonderful thing to have Luke. And I don't doubt it because he's so joyful and happy. But like the fact that you were willing to say, you know what, I have people over, but Luke can fit in or you know what it is? You're going to give me five minutes notice, but we can do that. Like, the strength that we can give to others by being merciful when we don't know what's going on mm. or we don't even feel like it's mercy I'm sure you didn't even feel like you were helping out a friend struggling no <laughs> I'm sure you're just like yes we can take over <laughs> that's fun right but kindness or compassion becomes mercy to someone that mm. is struggling mm. in such a hard way you know yeah so I just zoomed in here on but, like, it's so, if we can be that way in every decision of our lives, every time we discipline a child in the classroom, every time we deal with a difficult client or, you know, mm. have a rough friendship or anything, like, if we can be so overwhelmingly compassionate and so focused on forgiveness in every day of our lives, like, how much mercy and how much of God's love will people see? Like, I literally got home after dinner, you know, picked Luke up, and I just started bawling because I was like, man, these people were so willing to love my kid. And, like, I know I'm rambling, but I was just so thankful. Mm-hmm. And I was so, I was just so relieved. And you really could have said, uh, no thanks. Like, we're good. I've got some stuff going on tonight. Mm-hmm. And it wouldn't have been a big deal. Yeah. Yeah, when I said yes to watching Luke, I never like even thought that it was because you guys I figured I remember I was with them like with the people and I was like hey Luke's gonna come over and in my head I was like Andrew and David would probably love a date night and that's like all that went through my mind and I I don't know that just means the world to me that it actually meant the world to you because in my mind it was just like Luke's gonna sit on the couch for two hours (laughs) and chill and watch Nemo (laughs) (laughs) which is what he did we we don't always see this side of what that is yeah so we often only see what our choice is so if Mm -hmm. we have the choice to be kind compassionate merciful forgiving we don't see the effect of what that or the opposite could do on the other person Mm -hmm. like somebody's not always going to come tell you oh my gosh here's why we need to do watch luke and like here's all of these things they're not always going to do that and so we have to make it one of our first default choices Mm -hmm. so that things that we do are affecting people in good ways that's yeah that's so good and if you're always doing this sounds bad but if you're always doing things out of mercy or compassion when you know like because you know like that person will be happy with you or like appreciate you more then it's like selfish motives which is something I really struggle with like just like doing good things because I want people to like me but like when we do things from a place of like, no, I just want to love this person because Jesus loves them. I want to forgive them because God has the opportunity, like God will forgive them. And like all those things, it takes that away. But yeah, that's so good. 
Thank you for sharing that. And my heart is so encouraged. <laughs> I'll watch Luke anytime. <laughs> and, like, how awesome would that be if, like, our, like, like, if we, like, make a commitment to, like, be compassionate all the time. Like, what a light we would be, like, in each other's lives and also other people's lives. Um, and how much God will be glorified in that. It's just awesome. Um, so, yeah, our Savior is the most merciful of all. He is, like, like, the definition of mercy, right? Jesus Christ was merciful to the point that he died for our sins and we are called to imitate him um so therefore we should be radically merciful um so merciful that it doesn't make sense to the world around us people look at us and they're like how could you possibly forgive that person they've done this against you and you can say boldly because god has forgiven me and this is how it's through jesus christ um so everything we do should reflect jesus everything that we say everything at our hearts and our minds um it should point others to the life of jesus and so um this beatitude is just another part of being in the kingdom of god and living um alongside christ and walking with him um so yeah and that's all i have i will pray for us um Lord, I just thank you for this morning. I thank you for cereal, and I thank you for um, just all of these girls and just the opportunity that we have to come together and to study your word and to um, talk about um, your mercy and um, the ways that we can show mercy to one another. And Lord, I just pray for um, everyone here, God, and the different places that we're all at, um, whether we feel tired or we feel encouraged or um, drained. Lord, would you just um, fill us today with your spirit? Would you um, strengthen us? Would you help us show mercy to others? Would you help us forgive others and show compassion? Um, Lord, would our lives just be marked by your love? Um, and God, most importantly, I thank you for showing us mercy, that we don't deserve it. We don't deserve it at all, but yet you pour it out on us, and you tell us that you do it every day, and that there's nothing that we could do to get you to stop. And Lord, I just praise you for that. Um, you are so good. Would you help us love you even more? In your name I pray. Amen.